0: From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit, a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her guest lineup of authors, healers, educators, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Each week, Sherrianna and her team of experts share remarkable insights about life, spirit, manifesting, and more.
1: Hello, everyone. I am so excited to announce my new book, Energy in Action, The Power of Emotions and Intuition to Cultivate a Life of Peace and Freedom. Inside, you're going to find 13 spiritual laws and 52 high vibrational spiritual practices, all to help you manifest a life of peace, abundance, and true freedom. Head on over to sherryannaboyle.com and grab your copy today. Thoughts are like reading an old newspaper. It's old news that has been outdated. Feelings, on the other hand, bring you to the present moment. They give you the most current information about you, your situation, and spirit. Welcome to Just As Spirit. I'm Sherry Anna Boyle. I'm your host. I'm so excited for you to be here. We have a great show. We're going to be talking about thoughts today. We're going to be talking about the way people manage their thoughts and their feelings. And I have a really, really special guest and I know that you're going to enjoy this show. And I know that this show is going to be full of wisdom, wisdom for both you and your loved ones so that we can begin to prosper, to grow, to heal, and to become our most authentic selves here on the planet. Thank you for listening. And my guest is here. Welcome Annie Grace to Just Ask Spirit.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, you're so welcome and welcome everybody else to the show. I want to give you a very warm welcome to Just Ask Spirit. Again, I'm Sherrianna Boyle. I'm so happy that you're here. I want to remind everyone that this show is made possible by the Just Ask Spirit Marketplace. That's a place that you can visit and look at some of my guest books and their service there, services. There's discounts, there's product discounts. Uh, and really it helps keep the show going. So I so appreciate that if you can go visit the Just As Spirit Marketplace at sharienaboyle.com. So today I'm super excited. This Annie Grace, you're a busy woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I just want to let the not that we're not all busy, but you have quite you've you're doing quite a lot in your life. I'm going to just let the audience know um a little bit about you. So Annie Grace, at 26 years old, everyone, was the youngest vice president in a multinational company's history. Her drinking career began in earnest by 35. She was in a global C level marketing role, responsible for 28 countries. Drinking, we're talking about alcohol, close to two bottles of wine a night became a ritual. Annie Grace's professional success came at a personal price. She no longer wanted to pay. She knew alcohol was no longer serving her, yet she didn't want to suffer through life in a daily battle for sobriety, feeling deprived, and constantly trying to avoid the temptation. Annie Grace is the best-selling author every one of a book called The uh, Alcohol Experiment. And you also have a book called This Naked Mind Control Alcohol, right, Annie? Is that correct?
0: Exactly.
1: Okay. Her website, if you want to check her out, is the thisnakedmind.com. And it's there that you will also find her podcast. So that's what I mean when I say she's got a lot going on. Your book has been a bestseller. I mean, the real deal bestseller, okay? Because a lot of people put bestsellers, and maybe they were bestseller category for a day or so. Annie is the real deal bestseller. Okay. And I, I I'm not saying that to be fresh. I'm saying it because she earned it. And it's really important to differentiate that. That it's uh it's it's a book that is widely out there and influencing people's lives. So Annie, I'm so happy to have you. I'd love to know. I mean, we your bio talks a little bit about how this journey began but can you fill in a little bit of how this all happened you know how did you go from vice president to where you are now
2: yeah absolutely so it was it was interesting because actually my career was such a big part of my drinking journey i remember living in new york city and I had a boss actually tell me, hey, why aren't you joining us at happy hour? And I, I was like, well, I don't really drink. And he's like, oh, it's not about that. Happy hours is where the deals are done, where you know you get people to know your name, hear your ideas. We're all too busy during the day. So like for your career, you really should show up. And I actually sort of had a method at first. I drink a glass of wine and then a glass of water. And make sure that I was like always um, in control, and you know, I I really looked at it as this is a tool <laughs> to further my career. But I remember coming home one day, and usually I'd put on my running shoes and go for a run if I was stressed or if it was a hard day at the office. And I I walked by a bodega I was living in New York City, and and they sold wine, and I was like, huh. And I went in and I bought a bottle of wine, and I just I just sat on the couch and watched TV and drink wine, and you know it was easier. And so it wasn't immediate that kind of alcohol started to replace all of the other things that we do in our lives to sort of cope and maintain our sanity as human beings. But it was gradual. I I can't really tell you exactly when it was, but about a decade later, I found myself, like you said, drinking close to two bottles of wine every single night. And I think even worse than that was that when I would think about drinking less or when I would take breaks, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. i I certainly could. I could take breaks. I could, you know, do the thirty days and all that sort of stuff. But while I was doing it, I would feel deprived like I was missing out like, um, I was just kind of outside of life. I remember getting pregnant and feeling like, oh, well, sorry for myself at every social event for the entire nine months.
1: Mm, interesting. And so. So then what happened, Annie? I mean, in terms of you, here you are, you're drinking two bottles of wine a night and, and now you're feeling sorry for yourself and then you get the headaches. And then at what point did you start to think, okay, I got a, I mean, was it like, I got a problem here? What, how did, what was your wake up call there?
2: It wasn't really any sort of defining rock bottom moment like you would think, you know, in kind of a traditional sort of narrative, but lots of little moments. And I I think more than anything was when I would, you know, drink less or I would take a break and I would just feel bummed out about it. And so I started feeling like, okay, that that's weird. Like why did I used to be able to drink as much as I want whenever I wanted and now if I'm not drinking, it feels like kind of a, I don't know, a punishment or as if I'm, you know, not really part of things. And at that point, <clears throat> I I got really curious actually about that question. I was I was really curious about why, you know, why was it when I first started drinking, I could just easily take it or leave it, no big deal. Why was it that I spent so many years of my life not drinking at all, never missing it? And so I actually did something that um, I didn't realize was as radical as it was, but instead of trying to change my drinking, I actually decided to stop trying to change my drinking. And I was like, I just want to know. And I went into this sort of research period with just tons of curiosity and almost this premise of, all right, if alcohol ends up being this great thing that's adding a ton to my life, Although to be you know frank, I was seeing lots of cracks in that idea. I was having more and more hangovers. I was, you know, waking up and sort of regretting things that I had said or done the night before. And but I I was like, okay, if if I find out that it is really like great, then you know, I'll I'll keep drinking it. And if I find out that, you know, maybe it there's a problem, like it isn't as great as I thought. And so I actually just went and I made a list of every single reason that I drink. And these were reasons like, I drink to relax. I drink to loosen up. I drink to be a better networker. I drink to be more present with my kids. I drink because it tastes good. And then I asked my friends for all of the reasons that they drink. And I just started, we live in this great day and age where anyone can just go pay 50 or a hundred dollars and download a scientific study off the internet. And I just started going through those reasons really methodically and looking at them one by one and i remember it just being this almost like out of body experience in terms of how mind blowing i kept finding the information because i kept having this this weird sense of wait wait if it if it doesn't really relax you why are we all doing it if it if it doesn't really bring more joy to your life if it actually the science says it actually numbs your brain's ability to feel pleasure like why are we doing it if it actually numbs your taste buds? So you can't taste anything as well. Why are we trying to ruin a, a steak dinner by pairing it with wine? And and I, I'm sure I became somewhat intolerable for my friends to be around because every other day I was like, did you guys know this? This is mind blowing. Did you know that? And I was just so caught up in this matrix of sorts of looking around and, and thinking this This makes no sense. I don't understand. And so I did start looking into the why are we doing it? Why, you know, what is behind the marketing engine and the societal engine? Why is alcohol the only drug on earth you have to justify not taking? And layer by layer, it was just mind blowing. And so, about, I'd say, you know, I did this for, you know, on and off, just in my spare time for about a year. And I remember just at the end of that, I told my husband, I was like, I don't think I'm going to drink anymore. And it was so out of left field for him. I mean, he'd kind of known that I was doing this research, but he also was not really expecting that. And I was like, yeah, I just don't want to. I don't see any point. I I literally, every single reason I thought I drank, alcohol does not do that thing for you. And and so I just stopped and, um, and I ended up publishing my research just in kind of a very... <laughs> Typo riddled PDF. I put it out online and 20,000 people downloaded it in two weeks. What? And I started getting letters from all over the world from people saying, wait, this is helping me. Nothing, you know, I've been in AA for years and years and that hasn't helped me, but this is like, this information is helping me. There's an incredible scientific study that shows one new piece of information actually increases our neural synapses by like a multiple. And so information can be such a catalyst for change. I didn't, I didn't know that information at the time, but people were really writing me these letters. And I remember one guy specifically, he wrote to me and he said, you shouldn't publish this as a book. And so I did a little research and realized you needed a platform. You needed an audience and I wrote him back and i was like oh i'm just you know i'm just a mom just got a job like and he's like yeah but you can self-publish so that kind of opened up this avenue for me and uh over the next i hired an editor i you know had a friend of mine design the book cover who had ironically stopped been drinking with this naked mind she was an artist and um she just wanted to you know help me out and so um, in October 2015, I self-published this naked mind, and it has since sold over a million copies.
1: Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that is incredible. I mean, there's so many little pieces in in what you're talking about, Annie. I mean, I love, I love when that you said get curious, and I know that's a big part of you know what you ask people to do. Just just get curious, and when I think of it from a spiritual point of view. That's one of the ways that we know we're connected to spirit is, <clears throat> excuse me, we both have frogs in our throats today, Annie. Um, I think it's in the air, literally, the allergies, uh, is is when we start to feel that curiosity, we are very much connected. And it's like you open up something, it's almost like a, something spiritually can open up, and I don't know if you look at it this way at, as well. Something opens up that was perhaps a little dormant. It wasn't that it wasn't there, but it opens up, and then you continue to be uh, curious about the subject. And what I love, I I just wrote a book on the spiritual laws of the universe, energy and action. Is that you weren't attached to outcome, right? I mean, you weren't at the when your initial curiosity was just, "I'm just curious," right? That's how I came into emotions. I was like, "I'm just curious." What happens if you don't process an emotion? <laughs> right. But my curiosity was like, what happens? Like, does it really go away? Does it stick around? And that's how I started my journey. And, you know, one of my books that did the best, you know, it really did. And it was just that non attachment piece. Right. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. And I love what you're saying. That it's the information. And I haven't heard some of those things about numbing the tongue. And I would I would imagine this is in your book, Annie. And then you continue to do you find that the it's just endless what you're finding in terms of research?
2: It, not endless. I mean, it definitely I think new stuff does does come out, which is yeah. interesting and exciting. I mean, since I published this naked mind, there have been a few different studies that have come out and they're called meta analysis, which basically just means they study all the other studies and often then they add their own primary research. And, you know, the world health organization declared that there's no safe level of alcohol, um, for the human body. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, and it's interesting too. say that again.
1: So it's the world health organization, world health organization. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. There's no safe level. So those people that say, uh, drinking a beer is going to prevent this or drinking a glass of wine is that what you're saying cuz we do see things come out uh, lowers something or does something what do you say to all of that is yeah, that marketing
2: it's it's interesting so there's it's amazing how when you when you kind of it does remind me of the movie the matrix now that i'm thinking of it through that lens now that i said that but when you when you kind of you know pull the thread the rabbit hole goes really deep and what you what you come to find is that a lot of the studies that have been published um, were actually funded by the alpha <laughs> I was
1: just going to say who funded them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and, this,
2: that, and this. Yeah. And that's so that's that's not pure research, not pure research. And then also um, there's tons of things where you don't read past the headline. You're not getting the full story, but there's something called the science of social sharing. And because of social media, we're such a headline driven culture. And what the science of social sharing means is we will share things unconsciously that confirm what we already believe. You know, it's called confirmation bias. And further than that, we will share things that will not decrease our status in other people's eyes, will not rock the boat with our friend group, and will increase our status in other people's eyes. So, when an article comes out about a glass of wine being equivalent to a half hour of exercise, you know, it's super easy for us to share that. So, that I read a statistic once that an article that's pro alcohol because of how heavily saturated our culture is in alcohol will get shared at a level of 10,000 to one. So then, this massive global study that actually influenced Canada has changed their um, recommended amounts of alcohol. The UK is making changes to their recommended amounts of alcohol. This study that was released in all scientific communities, every doctor knows about it. It's not getting shared at social media, so it's a surprise to you, even though it's been out for two years. And you know that just perpetuates the cycle.
1: Um, so it's good to be connected to someone like you because you know i teach psychology very very part time um and we talk about this stuff all the time we talk about what your sources are look at the sources you know where are they coming from who funded the study kind of thing and it's um it takes it takes some digging so not everybody's up for that like like you are so what i love about people that really write these books and concentrate in a certain area is you're getting it, you know, you're getting years of research in one book, and for pretty damn cheap too, right, Annie? <laughs> Considering all the time and effort that it takes you in finding those credible resources. So, in terms of studies, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Eamon's work on the brain. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. And looking at the brain on alcohol, I don't know if, um, and I'm, and I'm also curious about where you are today with alcohol and in terms of, are you still drinking a little bit, Annie? Are you totally so, you know, they call it sobriety. And so let's, uh, let's talk about the brain first. Okay. Yeah, Just so to clue people in on that. What have you learned about that?
2: So I love Dr. Amen's work and yeah. it's, It's just so incredibly powerful and actually not about the brain um, because that's pretty clear. Alcohol kills brain cells. I mean, there's no, there's no mystery there, but one of the things that I think about his work that was really mind blowing for me was that alcohol actually, if you think of, okay, we all became so familiar with hand sanitizer during the pandemic and why would we use hand sanitizer? Because it would kill the bacteria on our hands. And if we, we all also know, you know, the whole probiotics and good gut biome and all the microbiome that's in our guts and how important that is so we have some knowledge that okay there's there's some bacteria that's in our guts that's really important and if it's not there all sorts of problems can happen he was talking about how you know drinking alcohol is literally like pouring hand sanitizer into your gut and it just kills all of the positive bacteria and then you're wondering why your immune system is not as good as it was, or you're wondering why, you know, you're gaining weight or why you're all of these things are happening, but you're disrupting your entire gut biome when you have just a single drink, because it's literally the alcohol is going in there because what is hand sanitizer made of? It's made up of alcohol. That's like, it's the same substance, which is also interesting because it's the same substance that's in ethanol, which is what goes into our gas tank. So when we look at it really just like, what is the substance itself of alcohol? You know, obviously it's no surprise that it kills brain cells. I mean, that seems like so logical, but it also kills the good, um, the good gut biome and the health in, inside of us, and it's just it's just absolutely mind-blowing how how toxic the substance is, even just a little bit, would kill us. I mean, you don't consider that when we throw up from overdrinking, we are saving our own lives. Yeah, we would die. We are We are purging in a way that is life-saving because our body, and we hold up you know, worshiping the porcelain God or puking as some sort of badge of honor or rite of passage. And yet it's literally our body saying, you are trying to kill yourself. I'm going to try to make sure that you don't. Uh, and, and it's just, it's kind of, well, not pun intended. It's a, it's a little bit sobering when you start to understand some of this information. But in terms of me personally, um, I don't use the word sober because When I, when I stopped drinking, I had, I don't mind that word as much anymore, to be really honest with you. But when I stopped drinking, I just had such an impression of sobriety as being boring, as being kind of outside of the fun. And, you know, this almost like a a sentence because you overdid it. It was some, you know, punishment that I'd have to endure (laughs) (laughs) rather than, um, so I don't use the word sober. I uh, I use the word alcohol free, and yeah, I haven't had a drink in over eight years now, and I don't have any plans to. But I also never say that I'll never drink again because I became really familiar with how the brain works, and when you tell your brain that you're never going to do something again, the thing it wants to do first is exactly what you told it. Yeah, it's kind of like a little kid. And so, although you know, eight years in, I'm not really afraid of that anymore. But the early days. I think it's a it's a really disempowering place to be to try to never drink again. And in fact in my books and and all my work I really say like you know I say I drink as much as I want whenever I want and and that's really true and authentic for me. I have not wanted to have a drink in in 8 years. Now I also encourage people to you know stay away from those absolutes because to be honest with you you're not going to know you're successful with an absolute like that until you're dead. So you're basically never going to be able to realize or recognize success when you say you're never going to drink again. Yeah.
1: I love that. You know, it just made me thought of something kind of funny because we all had a family wedding. I have many nieces and nephews and one of them just got, well, not just maybe about a year ago, got married. And my mother-in-law has been a recovered alcoholic for many, 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 like over 20 years now and part of the AA community and all of that. And so we were having at the wedding and everybody gets served champagne, everybody at the table, the waiter doesn't ask. And, she just shot that thing down, man. That that champagne went down so fast. We were all like, Oh, did she just break some sobriety after like 20 something? Years? But is she, you know, my mother-in-law is like 85 years old, and you could just see it in her face, like, screw it. I'm having a I'm having a sip of champagne. All and that pressure, all that pressure, and giving the toast, and it was Fine.
2: She didn't relapse. It didn't explode. It didn't explode. <laughs> right? yeah. <It>
1: didn't
2: <laughs> over and die. Yeah.
1: yeah I so I love what you say. Don't ever say I'm never going to have another drink again because you might be at somebody's <laughs> wedding yeah, or at
2: a wedding or something. <laughs> and
1: <I'm just> like... <laughs> you might, might want to have a sip of champagne or something or not. Right. We have to take a quick break. If you're just joining us on Just Ask I'm with Annie Grace. She's the author of. This Naked Mind. Her website is thisnakedmind.com. She also has a podcast. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, go ahead and check out her podcast books, everything. It's all on her website. We'll be right back after the break.
0: From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time.
3: Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play DreamVision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day.
1: Imagine if you had a daily practice for processing your emotions that could help you get through past and present challenges. Well, now you do. My new book, Emotional Detox Now, 135 Self-Guided Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit is out in the world. It includes my signature cleanse system, a mindful practice to help you clear all those toxic reactions so you can begin to feel joy, peace, and ease again. Grab your copy today at shariannaboyle.com.
4: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart Bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.
1: Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sharianna, speaking with Annie. Annie Grace is here. We're talking about alcohol, and we're talking about we're reframing things today, folks. Right. So if you're consider uh, Annie uses alcohol-free. Right. Uh, What other terms would you suggest for people, Annie? What if somebody says, you know, I I get it. I get what Annie's saying today. It's not, but I still want to be able to have a little something, something here and there. Um, How do I explain that to my friends and family who are maybe expecting me to have more?
2: yeah, i I really like the terms that have kind of come into vogue recently, like mindful drinking or sober curious, because it just puts consciousness on it, you know, and like we already have shared our love for the word curiosity. But I love that. It's just like there's so much that is especially I had a friend who I have people who I know in real life will read my book. And then they're like, oh, I accidentally stopped drinking with your book. But there was a person with Layla and she was like, Annie, it was kind of like I was an accidental drinker because I'd never really given it much conscious thought. I hadn't gone through my life sort of consciously deciding to drink or not drink. It was just somebody put a beer in my hand at a college party and then somebody else put a drink in my hand. And you know, you're off to the races. And so she goes, When I when I started to think about it consciously and really become mindful, then I, I just naturally decided to, to make different choices. And she has, you know, she drinks on occasion, but she took a significant break because she was just like, you know, I just want to interrupt the pattern a little bit. And Um, so I really like some of those terms that are coming in vogue. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's very That's very helpful. And people will be, I mean, people will say, Hey, want another drink? Right. I mean, so I'm not a big drinker. I'm a one, I'm a one glass of wine girl. Um, and a lot of times it's a half a glass and even people kind of used to me. So they don't really bug me anymore. They know I'm one and done, but. I can imagine, you know, for many years it was like you do. You feel like, oh, I'm no fun. I'm a party pooper, you know. Um, And so, what do you say to people when they are out and and there is drinking? Do you feel like this is the beginning of life's going to change? Do you find that you might not be hanging out with certain people? Like, talk to us a little bit about that process, Annie.
2: So I do think that there is an element of when people are just getting together just to drink. And and I remember this from my own experience of, you know, the group of friends that we were just getting together because we all were very heavy drinkers and our drinking just made each other feel better. We were doing it in a group. We felt less, you know, stupid than we did on our own. And I certainly don't get like invited to those sort of situations anymore because, It's just the whole idea was to drink. And, and to be honest, when the friendship, when you took the alcohol out of the friendship, there wasn't like a lot left there on either side. And so I think you do have to be ready that things might change or shift a little bit. But I also think so much of it is is what you make of it, right? So if you have somebody, like I remember I had a friend who got sober with AA and she was coming right out of meetings. And it was basically like, almost like... <clears throat> a pity party in a way. Like she was so in pain with her own drinking that if we were drinking, it was kind of like, Oh, are are you going to be okay? Do you, do you need us to kind of not drink as much in front of you? And she'd be like, yeah, that would be great. And then we all felt like we were walking on eggshells and, you know, stuff like that mm. very quickly, you're not going to get invited. But I think yeah. if you just want to have your one drink or you don't want to drink at all, and you just make the conversation really minimal and and then just show up as yourself um i think that people are really you know much more willing than ever before to realize that this is kind of a thing people are sort of doing this just like they're eating keto or you know they're becoming vegan or whatever the case is it it's becoming more of a wellness conversation and if you frame it like that yourself like no i just i just feel better Another one of my tricks that I really like is to when somebody asks you if you want to drink, the human mind just, no, we just really dislike it. it. It feels separating. And so if you just say, yeah, I'd love actually, can I get an iced tea? I need like a little bit of caffeine, or yeah, I'd love some water because I just, I really need to get hydrated before the night gets started, you know, whatever it is. But just being able to say yes, but then asking specifically with a reason for something non alcoholic. Almost always just stops the conversation yeah. in its tracks. Yeah, I agree. And and so
1: my little trick is I always bring what I like to to both eat and drink as a as a party gift. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, I brought some fresh seltzers. And, you know, and if it's something I love, so I know I have something or this set, cause I'm gluten-free. I'm like one of those people. So I, oh, I brought this gluten-free blah, blah, blah. Right. And that way I know I'm all set. If, if there's nothing here for me, I'm all set. Talk to me about depression and alcohol. I know we're in a mental health crisis, I believe, you know, in terms of spirit, you know, just as spirit, it, this is, we're not just talking spirit, we're talking mental health. Cause I do believe when you're disconnected from your higher self, from your greater potential, um, that it can lead to mental health imbalances. Um, so Talk to us about depression and alcohol. What did you learn?
2: What have you learned? In my experience, like I was actually diagnosed um, at a clinic when I was nineteen years old with uh, severe depression and anxiety, and I had been on and off medications for a good twenty plus years. I think it was closer to twenty five years, and it was interesting because all the medications were contraindicated with alcohol. They all said, "Do not drink," (laughs) but I went ahead and did it anyway, and. Alcohol became one of my forms, one of my ways of self medicating. And it was fascinating because two things happened when I stopped drinking. First of all, I really, the cloud started to lift in a really tangible way. You know, um, alcohol is a lot like pouring gasoline on your anxiety. The response to alcohol in the body is to release cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and adrenaline, which is another like, it's it's like one of the basis for anxiety. It is a fear response in a lot of cases. And so I just started to physically feel better. And as a result of that, I worked with my doctor and I weaned myself over the next year off all of those medications. But what also started, as you've already alluded to, was this journey to get to actually know myself. And really it started by understanding how I was talking to myself inside my own mind. And it was a conversation, and it was an entry to a lifelong conversation of growth and healing internally, that the door was shut from when I was still drinking. because with the alcohol, there was no curiosity with the alcohol. there was no um, when I was drinking, there was no real need for me to even engage with that because I just if I was in discomfort or if I was in pain, I just always had a way to quickly numb out. But once I stopped drinking, that whole entire door was opened. And of course, not in the most pleasant way at first, you really have to become present to who you are and what you're saying to yourself and how those certain things are going. But it became um, just one of the most life-affirming sort of journeys in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. And Annie, this might be a bit of a curveball. So I understand if you need to take a breath and, and before I ask you this one, but how do you define
2: spirit? Um, I love, I love this question. This is such a great question. So I think that spirit is really in the, uh, in the thought that I've been doing lately. It's, it's really found in, in like kind of the spaces of our life. So in, you know, and this is, this is kind of a, um, A little bit of a tangent but i'm sure you're here for it but in in sort of the building blocks of matter right so if we go down to like a particle level or if we go one step above a particle level into an atom and we have like a proton a neutron an electron if you were to imagine the atom was the size of a baseball field the uh, proton and neutron they would be the size of peanuts and what is there what is in all of that space What is the essence that governs how the proton and neutron interact, how the electron orbits the two of them? What is all of that space? You know, if you were to take the DNA from every human being, all 7 billion of us on the planet, it would all fit inside a grain of rice. Like we are, if nothing else, space. And just because we can't see the matter, matter is all we can see and feel. But spirit is everything else right like i think of it like sunlight it's not that the sunlight itself has substance but it's by the sunlight that i can see and i can experience everything in my life and in um and in my existence and so i i really think of it as the essence of you know the consciousness the intelligence that binds all of it together even a rock the atoms in a rock would just devolve into chaos. If there wasn't a consciousness, if there wasn't an intelligence, if there wasn't a, a, you know, loving, binding force, bringing substance and form to that. And so that is how I would just find spirit. I love that. That was absolutely beautiful. And off
1: the cuff, had no idea it was coming at her. And do you feel it's, that's, what's going to bind us that if we are, are open and curious about even relinquishing the control that we imagine alcohol to be, right? Do you believe that we will come together more?
2: Yes. And I think that whenever, whenever we do something that cuts us off from ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the only thing that can really truly cut us off from ourselves is our own hiding with our own shame and our own guilt. So it's never the behavior itself, right? It is not actually the drinking. It is not actually, you know, whatever you're doing that you feel guilty about or you feel bad about. It is the guilt and the shame is where we cut off, where we hide, where we become separate, where we enter, you know, the illusion of duality. And in that, we feel so much pain that we end up self-medicating more. And if I had to sum up alcohol addiction, you know, it's, yes, of course, there's a physical aspect. Yes, of course, the brain neurochemically gets addicted. But once you're away from alcohol for even 72 hours, that's broken. It's so much of it is mental and emotional. And so much of it comes from, I believe, the pain that's caused with the fight that we have with ourselves when we are in the dialogue of, oh, I overdid it again. I can't believe it. What's wrong with me? How can you be so stupid? And then we experience that pain. We have trained ourselves that when we're in pain, what do we do? We reach for a drink. We do it habitually. We do it unconsciously. And then that perpetuates it. And we end up being in this very dark, very lonely, very painful place. And we think that it's our behavior that's going to get us out of it. And I am completely certain after helping hundreds of thousands of people, that is our compassion, awakening compassion for ourselves, understanding for ourselves, and really realizing at a visceral level that your brain getting addicted to any addictive substance is doing exactly what it was created to do. Hmm. It is behaving exactly how it was created to behave. And it has gotten confused because that addictive substance has confused the gray matter in your brain to think that alcohol is as important to you as oxygen or food for your survival. And so when we can realize at this deep visceral level that we have been doing the best we can with the tools we have, then we stop judging ourselves. And in that lack of judgment, we open up curiosity and it's in that curiosity that we can actually find out why we're drinking in the first place, what we think it's doing for us, and all the logical answers that can help us get outside of the trap, you know, with the the information. Mm. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Annie. I think the the
1: final words that I'm taking from everything that you just said was we are not powerless, right? That's what you're letting us know. We are not powerless. And we're definitely not alone. And thanks to you for creating this incredible community. And it all came from your courage and your sense of curiosity, your connection to spirit. And now you're helping so many other people. So I hope that people check out Annie. um, If you have yourself or a loved one, I do have one final thing. I'd love you to end the show with Annie. I, you are in a room right now and you are surrounded with Individuals that are about to turn 21 years old. What do you say to them?
2: Um, I actually wrote a book for just sort of this age group. It's called Buzz to Buzz Kill. Um, Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. It's really four things that I wish I would have known before my first drink. And, you know, just to sum up one of them, you know, for example, I, I alluded to it before but alcohol creates a you know at that age especially like we're so hungry for information and we just want to know the truth and I know if I look back at me at that age if I would have known some of these truths not somebody's opinion not you know your your mom's opinion who just says don't drink don't do drugs <laughs> yes or opinion that actually makes you want to do it more to see what the hype is all about but just the facts I would have been I think I would have probably made different choices if I would have had more education. And so what I would offer is just education. You know, alcohol instead of creating pleasure, it actually numbs your brain's pleasure circuit. Instead of relaxing you, it actually releases cortisol and adrenaline in the body. And instead of you know, it becoming um a friend and or a companion even though it might feel like that, it actually creates a need for itself. And so so much of the pleasure you think you're getting from alcohol is just it you know, scratching the itch of relieving the constant withdrawal symptoms that your body is having just by having a single drink, your body will have withdrawal symptoms and you're scratching that itch. And so the pleasure is, is really so false. And I go into all the details of that in, in that book, but I would really give them, Give, you know, give, give your
1: 21 year olds a book, uh, this book. So from buzz to buzzkill, I love it. Thank you so much. Once again, Annie Grace, uh, website, this nakedmind.com. We're going to take our final break. I am coming back after the break with final thoughts and to wrap up the show. So please hang on. Come right back.
0: From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show.
3: When we think of a detox, we usually think of it as a physical experience. But what about a Mind Emotional Detox? With Sherrianna Boyle's new book, Emotional Detox Now, you get just that. Inside, you will find 135 of Sherrianna's signature cleanses laid out for you. In just five minutes a day, you can enjoy the soothing benefits of an emotional detox. Imagine feeling centered, calm, and free. With an Emotional Detox Now, you can. Grab your book today at your favorite bookstore, or go to sherryannaboyle.com. Calling
0: all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to dreamvision7radio.com.
4: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment breathe relax and enjoy let life flow
1: welcome back to just As spirit thanks for returning to the show and listening to this episode i think i thought that was absolutely brilliant a really brilliant show wonderful information i'm sure you enjoyed it just as much as i did I was thinking about what Annie said when she said you're not going to be invited. I couldn't be more than the truth I've found over the years that I used to be invited to things and sometimes I'm like, oh, well, we're not really included anymore, but that's probably, you know, my choices, right? As well as I I don't choose to spend my time doing partaking and a lot of of drinking. So naturally, I'm not going to be invited to some things. And, and that's okay. Just that's okay. And it doesn't mean you're not still connected. That's does not, doesn't mean you don't appreciate those people. You don't love them. You don't care about them. It's just, it will happen quite naturally. But I wanted to mention if you're feeling that way, certainly Annie's community is a great place for you to feel like you have a place where you belong. And I do believe sense of belonging is essential to c- cultivating our sense of spiritual health. I also have a membership on chirianaboyle.com it's on Zoom so we zoom in every week where people connect where we move and process emotions together I guide people every week and we I basically connect with spirit and guide the group to whatever spirit feels it's usually pretty on at least they tell me that's exactly what I needed and the other thing is a spiritual retreat so, I will be at um, Omega in September, which is in Rhine, back New York. Never been. They tell me it's gorgeous. They tell me it's breathtaking, gorgeous, especially in September. I will be at Crepalo Yoga and Health Center in June. So, I have a June spiritual retreat and I have a September retreat. The June one is in Massachusetts, in the Berkshires, and the one in Rhinebeck, New York at Omega is in September, but they're both on my website, sharinginaboyle.com. I think it's a great place. I can't tell you how many people have started their spirit, like really, maybe they've dabbled, but really hunkered into their spiritual journey from a retreat. It's a great launching pad. It's a great reset. And it it's a place where nobody's drinking alcohol. Everybody's exp- expanding consciousness, having conscious, authentic conversations, and taking a break from the noise of the world. So I encourage you, if you're feeling like, ah, Where do I begin with all of this information? Go to a retreat. It's only a weekend. And I would love to see you and meet you in person. So that's it for today. Remember, your emotions matter. Processing matters more. And also, your emotions are the gateway to the soul. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening. Join SherryAnna next time to continue this remarkable journey of discovering the amazing power of your emotions. Reach out to SherryAnna directly on sherriannaboyle.com. Share your comments and ask your Just Ask Spirit questions. Until next time, remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more.